with the drums. Your mama was a movie queen, she was one of the best. This might seem strange. Hello, welcome to Prince Try by Track. I'm your host, Darren. Today we'll be talking about Old School Company, and Prince has missed the D off old, and he is spelling school with a K. Uh, from MPLS Sound, recorded 2008 to early 2009 at Paisley Park and released on the 24th of March 2009. Uh, on the track, it is Just Prince um, uh, by himself uh, doing everything once more, uh, as with most of MPLS Sound. The track is 7 minutes 30, and joining me to talk about today is Josh Norman. Hello, Josh. Hi, Darren. Thanks for having me back. Now, for like a genre, um, I don't, I mean, this is really weird because obviously most of MPLS Sound is just 80s prints. Um, or Prince attempting to do 80s Prince. Uh, but in this case, it's 80s Prince, but with more of a kind of, um, I don't know, I'd say like a purple rainish tint to it. Like, you know, the kind of the use of the guitars, um, mm -hmm. you know, kind of, even though he has the Lin in there, um, it feels like he's augmented that a little bit with like a bit more kind of drum stuff. Um, and it just feels a bit more like a kind of rock track instead of, kind of uh you know like a, a kind of throwback to 80s prints although i would have preferred if he'd have just dropped a lin and just you know brought in a drummer well, he spends yeah. a portion of this track naming all of his previous drummers yes he does and uses none of them <laughs> yeah pick one of them prince pick one of them bring you know get michael bland back for a day and just have him do the drums for this song um uh, you know i'm sure sheila e could find five minutes to pop into the studio and uh, do some drums for the, the song you know um, i'm sure john blackwell is close by pick one of them bring somebody into the studio replace that lin and just you know, obviously, I know that the Lindrum machine was effectively the kind of, you know, the concept for MPLS yeah. sound. But still, I mean, yeah. um, you know, that's the one thing that kind of with all of these tracks, I'm sure people are going to grow tired of me saying it. it. I feel like Prince trying to be 80s Prince in the 2000s just doesn't really work for me. Um, but I really like this song. And that's the one thing that keeps kind of. I don't know, kind of keeps interrupting my thoughts whenever I'm listening to this song. It's like, oh, the Lynn drum machine is still there. Like, it just keeps, occasionally just keeps coming back. And I'm like, oh, I wish he hadn't have Lynned the track up. I wish we'd have had actual kind of, you know, someone in the studio just doing the drums for him. Um, or even Prince yeah. just doing the drums himself, you know, like, you know, rather than just programming a Lynn and then building everything from there, just kind of... Um, I don't know. And it's it's really weird because, um, you know, this this contains a reference to the um, the, the 2008 bailout, <laughs> which, uh, which I, I don't know, I, I find that really funny because Prince never usually gets that specific with kind of like his political stuff. He always keeps it very vague of like, you know, children are starving, you know, wars yeah. are bad. Like he, he generally yeah. keeps it as vague as he possibly can. Um, and in this particular case, he's, he's like, the banks were bailed out and I'm like, hold on. Like, you know, like he, you know, he says fat cats on wall street, they got a bailout. And I'm like, what? Like, I know it's always one of those weird things that kind of read, I mean, it really, really dates this song to 2008, 2009. Like it makes it unmistakably, um, part of that time. Yeah. It's almost like he was just, he saw the irony in, you know, the institutions that were supposed to be keeping our money needing money. Um, so, but it did hit on a more, um, like you said, political level than we're used to hearing from him. 
Um, and he's just relating it back to, you know, nothing's changed where he came from except the date, but uh, all the big banks, so we got to pay attention to them and, yeah, keep them. Solvent. Yeah, although I find it weird because obviously, you know, he did a song called Calhoun Square. Um, you know, take me there, Calhoun Square, if you dare. Calhoun Square, as far as I understand it, in um, Minneapolis is now fairly gentrified and it's, you know, like a shopping mall and stuff. So, um, right. Uh, so, so it's like, it's like Prince. Things have improved in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Like, it's not like it's untouched by progress. You know, it's not like it's... I mean, I know that he has this kind of impression that he likes to give of kind of growing up in the ghetto, but I don't feel like, you know, there is a ghetto in the same way in Minneapolis that there is in other cities. Like, you know, it feels like the ghetto in Minneapolis is they only have one summer home uh, instead of two. Like... I don't know. I know he can I know Prince grew up in a you know divorce. Family. I know his you know his the whole thing, but still, like it just feels like there's a there's a level that he's reaching for here of kind of like outrage that isn't doesn't really apply to the area that he's from. <laughs> like his old neighborhood, I think, is probably at this point fairly well to do. Like, yeah. um, you know, but still, I don't know. I what's weird is I remember, I literally remember the week that the the whole kind of like uh, the whole collapse happened. Um, Uh And it was because I was in New York and obviously, you know, the 2008 election was very much kind of going on. And there was a moment, I think, on like like a Wednesday when John McCain, like after the kind of the bank started collapsing, was literally like, I'm suspending my presidential campaign because I don't want it to distract from, you know, the banks. And obviously both him and Obama were still senators, so they had to go back to the Senate to vote. And, you know, Obama didn't suspend his campaign. He was just like, I can get on a plane and go back to dc and come back it's not much of a distraction um but it, yeah. like i remember everyone kind of taking the mickey out of john mccain for kind of suspending his campaign and making a big deal out of it when it was like all you got to do is fly back and vote and stuff like it's not a huge deal like and in fact the fact that obviously you know john mccain and obama were from opposite parties if they both didn't return for the vote it wouldn't have made any difference because their you know their abstaining would have cancelled each other out and so it wasn't really that much of an issue but I don't know. I literally remember that being like one of the big talking points where people are like, what does John McCain think he's doing? Like, this is literally like, you know, a complete joke of what he's doing here. But I, I just vividly, because I was in New York and like, I don't know, I just vividly remember the news just being nothing but talk about like the banks gradually collapsing. And, um, you know, I remember earlier in the year there'd been a run on a couple of banks in the UK and cash machines had actually run out of money and it was kind of insane. Um, that that wow. was a thing that happened. Yeah, there was a, there was a bank that actually collapsed and was bought out by uh, Richard Branson, um, and uh, you know, like machines went short of 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 uh, like ATMs had no money in them, which is just an insane. Like there were queues at ATMs because people were desperately Goodness. trying to get all their money out of the bank. Yeah, so I don't know. So I I, I like I, it's funny hearing Prince kind of singing about that kind of political reality <laughs> because it literally just takes me straight back to kind of like a few weeks in two thousand eight where like. People were kind of on the verge of like everything is falling apart and the whole system seems to be collapsing. And I like that Prince's first instinct was, do you know, I think I could make a song about this. <laughs> That's what he did. Yeah. He prob- he's um, probably better off in the studio doing this than, you know, 
making a public statement about it. But I mean, I do kind of like the chorus, you know, every once in a while you need some old school company, someone that appreciates a sexy groove um, and old school melody. When God, his son and the love of family, of course, uh, ruled in the community, the songs you sing lift you up to heaven, a heaven we can believe in. Yeah, so the first half is just like a sexy groove and the second half is God is God. real, pray to him. Yeah, I, which, I, which I mean, I think sums up pretty much Prince's career of like sexy groove, God. And uh, and I just kind of love that. I love that it's kind of a weird encapsulation, you know, um, Lynn drum machine, soaring guitars, like it, yeah. everything in this song is kind of like a, a distillation of Prince's career um, in the space of like, you know, a, a couple of choruses and a few verses. Yeah. And that's before he starts naming everyone who's been the drummer in his band, <laughs> um, yes. you know, with the exception of like, I don't know, uh, Bobby Z. Um, <laughs> he did not mention you know. Bobby. No. <laughs> yeah. There's a few names that are kind of missed out there. But yeah, I don't know. I just I, the chorus is really good. Um, and then, you know, kind of the kind of I mean, that first verse is kind of about the kind of the bailouts for, out of nowhere, just kind of. And then it kind of gets a bit more generalized uh, where he's, you know, he's talking about, um, you know, ain't nothing ever come from complaining. You know, so I, I get kind of more general kind of Prince not happy with people being not happy with their, their lot in life. Um, yes. And and there's kind of everybody sinking in quicksand created by the keeper of time. So, again, Prince kind of, I don't know, that's getting a bit more philosophical there. <laughs> I mean, the, the, I don't know who the keeper of time is and all that, but he, he, I don't know, it feels like he's he's kind of just musing a little bit more. And he, he does mention the whims of the flesh as well, which I, I kind of love as a phrase. Catering catering the whims of the flesh is, is such a kind of weird Prince type line. And when he says, you know, call me old fashioned, but back in the day, the, there wasn't no shirties in sight, <laughs> uh, which is actually a double negative. So... That's true. So yeah. what's he saying? Yeah. There Which, uh, was. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, uh, the funny, I, I don't know. I just, I just kind of like the, the kind of the fact that this song, it just turns into like this weird musing that Prince has on, you know, the financial collapse, people complaining about their current situation, you know, everyone's sinking in quicksand, um, you know, talking yeah, about time, baby time carriages. Time is a trick. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then he just ends up kind of just, listing all his drummers you know talking i mean i like as well how he send, says you know they're they're bland like the drummer where's the real drummer michael b and i just i don't know i like i like him using michael b's last name which is something that i don't think he's ever kind of really done up until this point yeah in fact he he ignored it by shortening it to a b instead of bland yeah so he's he christened him michael b like uh you yeah. know 13 14 years before this and now he's finally saying michael bland's last name uh, yep. which I kind of like, you know, and obviously a shout out there to Morris Day and Jelly Bean and uh, Sheila yep. E uh, and of yeah. course uh, John Blackwell. Um, right. And included amongst that is a, a shout out to Mink Condition. Yes. Um, which is one of the more puzzling kind of um, things because obviously um, I don't think anyone from Mink Condition was ever a drummer in a Prince band. No, I don't know. Was that just a show of respect to them as a band? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's one of those that people kind of puzzle over as well because it's like I mean I guess they're from Minneapolis, so you know, and uh, and and obviously uh, I think is it the lead singer is um, Stokely Williams. Yeah, um, who's touring with who's the Revolution the, right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think he's also the drummer as well. So I get maybe I mean I don't know. Prince is kind of shouting this band out, but they've like the I think uh, Stokely did backing vocals on one Prince song and. That's as much involvement as he's had, and he gets a shout yeah. out. Whereas yeah, he does. Bobby, Bobby Z, who did like four albums of Prince, doesn't get a mention. Right. Um, 
so yeah, I don't know. There's just some weird choices, but I do kind of, I do kind of like this. You know, Prince acknowledging his past. Um, you know, we've had kind of a more mature Prince the last kind of few albums, and this kind of acknowledgement of, you know, these are the people that have played with me is kind of nice because he generally has a habit of moving on, and never right. kind of talking about the past ever so it's nice just to get this acknowledgement of oh yeah these are you know these are the people that i've worked with although i find it interesting that he calls michael b out first right maybe because he was most recently playing with them because we know they did some sessions together that led to some of the tracks on on lotus flower i guess uh but i mean more recently than that cc dunham was playing with him that's true (laughs) she's not mentioned (laughs) yeah um so i don't know i I, and we get some kind of power to the people at the end and uh you know prince talks about uh this empula sound so that's i guess you could call this the the title track on the album because that's the, I think that's the only time he mentions MPLS sound on this album. Yeah, you're right. And and another mention to uh, who was it? Honey Collective dropped the needle down for a little bit of you know scratching and DJ stuff. Yeah, I, I know. I I, I kind of like I like that. This I mean, it's weird because it's Prince by himself, and yet he's calling out all these other people that he's worked with. And I don't know. I just kind of like that. I like I like when Prince you know, kind of acknowledges his past just a little bit, which I guess if you're using the Lynn drum machine this heavily on an album, uh, I guess you've kind of got to at least acknowledge the 80s a little bit. Right. Um, although, of course, then he misses out the, the drummer that he had. In the 80s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, I really enjoy the song. Um, and, you know, we get some nice kind of guitar stuff as well, mm-hmm. um, you know, towards the end. Obviously, you know, this on a song that's seven and a half minutes, um, you know, you kind of really have to fill it out. And uh, Prince does that by having quite a few kind of like guitar bits towards the end. Yeah, they're they're great and and not they're not the typical Prince guitar buried in the mix kind of stuff either. It's very much in the forefront of the song. Which I mean, I guess if the basis of it is just mostly the the Lin, I guess you've got no choice but to kind of push That's the guitar. True. To the yeah, there's nothing bit. much to bury it with. I don't know. I really enjoy this song. Um, I would say for me, probably. Um, I know still like the Lindra machine just takes it down a point. I would say four out of five, but I've got to say three out of five just because, um, you know, for this, for this entire album, I can't like, it's just too much Lin, you know, I enjoyed it in the eighties, but even in the eighties, Prince would give it a rest on certain tracks. Um, so, you know, the fact that he's mentioning drummers that he could have used instead of the Lin, I think also kind of ends up making me think just, just pick one of them, give them a call. They would come over Prince. They're not, you know. They're not. They're not. They're not going to say no if you like. Do you want to come drum on this track for me? Right. Um, I'm a little higher than you on this one. I'd go a four out of five. The Lindrum. I mean, if we're talking about uh, the, just the track and not the album, then I'm going to just put a fence around this track and not try to associate it with everything surrounding it. Um, it's an effective use of the Lindrum. I think he's done much worse in later in his career with the Lindrum, trying to recapture that sound. And this does sound like MPL sound to me um and i thought the live performance of it on leno where he brought in you know a live harmonica um it could be kind of a beautiful mess and still be a lot of fun um so i i enjoy this one a lot that, i mean that performance on leno as well is like one of i think three or four that he did in a week yes because uh, he had his residency in los angeles and so he was kind of coming on and like promoting uh, for a number, I guess he was just a really big fan of Jay Leno. Um, hey, he was so on he a was lot, like, yeah, on a lot, and he let, yeah, and he let Jay gonna, Leno come up and shake his hand on stage after performing. So you know they had to be uh, yeah. okay with one another. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whereas I, I believe he got in a limousine and left the building before David Letterman even said that was Prince. Oh right. Um, 
Yeah, so, uh, yeah, uh, those performances are worth, for all the tracks off this album, those performances are worth kind of finding out and uh, and, and taking a watch off. Yeah. Um, you know, like you say, there is a, there is kind of a different energy because he has he actually has his drummer there, True. <laughs> and and he has kind of the like a band that is kind of you know doing you know the kind of uh, the, what the the kind of the keyboards were doing and stuff, and like you say, there is that kind of harmonica solo that's kind of thrown in there, and yeah, it's like it just feels like Prince kind of reimagining the song just a little bit, almost like kind of him with the Lynn drum machine was just you know, the idea of what the song should be. And then when it was live, which I feel is the same with some of the stuff from the eighties, like yeah. in the, the studio version sound a little flatter than when you see them live. It's like, Oh, well that's clearly what he was trying to do, but it just, you know, he just didn't manage to capture that in the studio. And, you know, I, Absolutely. I think that's probably what's happened here. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. here's, here's a version that's in the studio. And then when it's live, you can really see it breathe. Um, so I feel like we said about as much as anyone's going to say about old school company. So, Let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Josh? Thanks, Darren. Um, Yeah, my wife and I host a Prince-related podcast. It's called The Mountains and the Sea. We uh, take an album and uh, examine the entire album in one episode, and then in subsequent episodes, we'll talk about concerts and B-sides and remixes and associated artists, that type of thing. For each episode, we separately pick a sea, a low point, and a mountain, a high point, also a time capsule that kind of uh encapsulates that entire time period and uh we try to decide who's right and who's wrong you can find us on any uh podcast platform and on social media on twitter and facebook at tmats podcast that's t-m-a-t-s for the mountains and the sea and you can find us on facebook at prince track by track or on twitch for prince podcast or you can email us not sure why you would at prince track by track at gmail.com thanks once more for being my guest here josh thanks for having me darren and otherwise goodbye bye Bye. Candy for you no 